Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the Lower Columbia Pacific region. I am one of your hosts, Teresa Retzloff. And I'm Jessica Schleif. And we are joined today by Moon River Farm, Farm Gardener Lily. Lily. <laughs> Is it Lily Strauss? Lily Strauss. Strauss, yeah. Lily Strauss, um, and you have a partner in your operation who's not with you today. I do. Kaylee Hillard is my partner in business and in life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so I have admired your farm for so long since you got started. I, if you guys have not seen Moon River Farms Facebook page, Instagram feed, website, whatever, if you haven't visited them at a market, I urge you to seek them out. They do beautiful, beautiful produce, gorgeous stuff. And so I just want to hear about how you got started and what you do and where you do it. You're down in the Nehalem Valley. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're So we're inland about seven or eight miles from the coast. Um, Manzanita and Nehalem are the little towns associated with us. Um, yeah, we met about seven and a half years ago on a wolfing adventure at our friend's farm down the road. And um, about five years ago, we found ourselves back on the coast with just really kind of like drawn to the community um and we worked on our friend's farm for a couple years and then we decided to go off and do our own thing um so we were entering season four i guess on as moon river farm congratulations thank you that's a huge (laughs) deal that's that's great yeah it feels huge thank you um and we've expanded a little bit every year we started with a 30 member csa this year it'll be 60 members. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know it sounds <laughs> That's a lot of Every food. time we add more things we're like are we crazy or what? <laughs> um, well, yes, I mean you are crazy, but that's part of it. <laughs> part of being a farmer, yeah. I think so. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And then we do one farmers market which is the downtown Manzanita farmers market. I love that. It's a great little oh, summer market. Where's yeah. that located? Um so it's right off of Lanita. Um basically in the heart of downtown Manzanita. It's Friday afternoons from June to September mm-hmm. from 5 to 8 p.m. I guess it's in the evening. Is that is that across from the Hoffman Center? Is that near the... It's a couple blocks from the Hoffman Center. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a great market. Yeah. Been, we used to do that really. years ago at my farm, and it was just always one of my favorites. Just a really beautiful community feeling there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very vibrant, and it's a lot of... It's like a really good mix of, like, local community and also tourists. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I was a, always amazed how much innovation comes out of that market. I mean, for such a small community and small region, there were vendors yeah. there that were doing such cool things. Yeah. One of my favorite vendors this past summer, there was like a, a live blacksmith and he was like making things while he was at the market, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. That's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And we also mm-hmm. sell to a handful of restaurants. That's kind of like our newest revenue stream. Mm-hmm. Did you, did either of you grow up farming? Is this like in your background or how did you come to farming? Um, I would say, like, in my ancient history, there's farming. <laughs> like, there's, like, we had uh, Swiss dairy farmers that immigrated to Missouri. You know, my mom's great-great-grandparents, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but psh, my mom is a horticulture. She's a landscape designer. So we always had, like, a little vegetable garden when I was a kid. Um, my partner, Kaylee, her mom grew up on a dairy farm that's now, like, 120 years old. They're no longer doing dairy, but she was much more connected with agriculture. Like, she worked on a couple farms while she was in high school. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm – and I was, like, a full-blown city slicker, not interested in anything growing (laughs) pretty much my whole life, like, until I sort of – 
um, encountered the industrial food system in college, and then that kind of got me like wanting to be in more control of my own food. Um, well, then, where, where were you going to college, and, um, and, and what did that look like for you? What did those discoveries look like for you? Uh, I went to the University of Connecticut, so pretty much when I graduated high school, it was my goal to get as far away from um, Los Angeles as possible. <laughs> so I moved to the East Not Coast. A bad goal. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Los Angeles. <laughs> um, and the University of Connecticut is it's. Ironically, an agricultural school, I was not there to study agriculture. Um, I was a women's studies and sociology major, and social justice was kind of my focus. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's what kind of led me down the path of food, because I took a class um, that basically was a, a lot of it was about the industrial food system in the States. Um, and that just really got me kind of riled up about things. And um, I mean, that was what started my Woofing Adventure, which is a program called willing workers on organic farms and basically all across the world you can connect with organic farmers um, and volunteer on their farm in exchange for room and board and a little bit of education um, and that's really what got me going wow and you travel where did you travel with that um first i went to new zealand um, and spent a couple months there working on a couple different farms and then i found myself in the pacific northwest and that's kind of how my the rest of my farming journey started the new zealand experience <clears throat> what was that like working there and and what kind of crops were you growing there um well it's actually interesting we were on the north island and the climate there is very similar to the pacific northwest um other than it's a little bit warmer and humid, more humid in the summer and mm -hmm. a little bit rainier in the summer, but it's a, a very wet region, mm -hmm. um, like big forests with lots of ferns, that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and we were on just... It's <laughs> <Yum. laughs> <is> my climate. <laughs> That's why um, we live here. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I just kind of fell in love with it. And we were working on a little kind of like biodynamic farm um, and just a lady was doing very small scale. She had like a couple orchards. There was some permaculture stuff going on and then... She did a lot of, like, salad mix production. That was kind of her big thing. Uh -huh. And tomatoes. She was, like, you know, all farmers are crazy about their tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, working in hoop houses? or um, She actually didn't have any hoop houses. It was a different thing. She had her tomatoes undercover, but it was, I guess it was warm enough in evening temperature-wise, different than here, that she could do outdoor tomato production. But there was cover to protect them from the summer rain. Right. Sounds yeah. like some some of that climate and some of that knowledge then transferred to the Pacific Northwest for you. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that has been tremendously helpful, having ch like chosen to work on other farms in similar bioregions has really um, informed our farm style now and also just like our ability to really understand the climate here. Mm -hmm. um, working on someone else's farm in this region, I think, was like tremendous in terms of our ability to like really know what grows well here, what sells well here. Um, you know, the learning curve could have been different if you just yeah, came if, here and started immediately. Yeah, like if we'd gone land. farm in Hawaii <laughs> and then <laughs> like me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, learning curve. Woo, that's a steep yeah. one. Yeah. And I'm I'm like a very cautious person, and if it would been mm -hmm. up to me, I probably would have gone and worked on like six more farms in Oregon before we started our own. But my partner Kaylee's a little bit more of a go-getter, and she was like, "No, we're gonna go. We're gonna go start this farm." Like, so it sounds like you took a, after you came to the Pacific Northwest and you did your woofing, um, it sounds like you then took a little break and had an urban farming experience. Yeah. So for some reason, I decided to return to my Southern California city roots. Um, I think because Kaylee and I both had an interest in urban farming at the time. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so we spent. Um, There's some dynamic things. I yeah. look at some of the things that are happening in Detroit, and I'm just. I also am like, ooh, could I? So it, it, urban farming is really just like taking land that's in a city and growing farm crops on it or using it to grow edible crops primarily yeah. is that how you, how it would be or i guess it could be flowers as well or herbs or anything but just like using it in, in more of a farming purpose rather than a garden definitely um so yeah kind of crops for sale or some sort of um, service to the community uh we worked on a couple urban farms while we were down there one was actually a flower farm mm-hmm. um and another one was actually a mixed vegetable production but it was a non-profit farm so it wasn't so much, um, they weren't really focused on selling a lot of like high profit crops, although they did sell like salad mix and stuff like that to restaurants. It was a lot about just like the volunteer aspect about having people and in gardening the city, community. yeah, coming and having a space to yeah. like learn about farming essentially. Um, and then we ended up just rehabbing uh, a small piece of land that my uh, dad had access to into sort of a mini farm and initially with the goal of like we were going to expand and try to make our living growing in the city um Mm -hmm. but los angeles has always been like weirdly a little behind the curve in terms of like the urban ag scene um in a lot of other cities there's um these zoning laws where if like you have a commercial property and you lease it to a farmer for five years then you get reduced um taxes and so los angeles was in the process of while we were there trying to pass these laws so that it, it would incentivize people like leasing these big pieces of land that basically were just sitting there waiting for someone to buy and put a building on mm-hmm. or multiple buildings yeah <laughs> <laughs> or a parking lot <laughs> yeah so we kind of searched around trying to find a bigger piece of land because we knew like on the land that we were had access to we weren't it was going to be really hard to make a living on right. such a small piece of land and eventually we just it it was a drought year we were in the middle of like a really really intense drought for Southern California, the entire state of California. And was I think that 2015? It was, yeah, it was, oh, was 2012 to 2015 we oh, were there. That was bad. Yeah. yeah. Bad and times. I yeah. think it rained maybe like a couple times the whole two and a half years we were living there, which having grown up there, there we had years where it would rain a bunch, you know, so it felt really, really dry. And I think both of us were just like, if we want to be farmers, we need to move to a place that has more water. Kick kick in the siren sounds of the Pacific Northwest rain. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we've had drought here too. I mean, that's something to think about as well. I mean, it's as much as we are, especially here on the coast in a, in a rainforest, um, we definitely have experienced because I know 2015 was it was a really yeah. bad dry Long, year for us here drought. too. Yeah. So, but not like what California was experiencing. Totally. Well, I, I'm glad you came back. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's that's been a challenging thing here. Access to water. I feel like it's in the summertime. It really doesn't rain that much here, and I know a lot of people whose wells get pretty mm-hmm. dry. And um, as a farmer, that's a scary thing. Looking forward, is you know we know mm-hmm. the climate is just getting drier and drier. Um, thinking about alternative things like maybe we're going to have to dig an irrigation pond at some point stuff like that how do you where do you get your water from um there so our landlords have uh water rights to the nehalem okay so agricultural water rights yeah that's cool yeah our drinking water comes from a spring that's separate and so is that, do you have a hydro system or how do you, how is the water transported? Um, just like electric pump, basically. Right. Yeah. I'm always interested yeah. in, in 
Well, actually, how people are, are irrigating. <laughs> I know, but you're up high. You're up above the river too, so you don't. You're, are you in danger of flooding at all on your um, piece of property? Luckily, where we are up the North Fork is uh, no longer tidal, so there's less of a risk of flooding. And our fields are probably like twenty to thirty feet above the river. Whoa! So it would have to be a real yeah. It would have event. to be like a hundred year flood event. I'm sure to some of their lower pasture, our landlords gets a little bit floody. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, their soil, I think, just from being a dairy for so long, and it's um, like a sandy loam kind of makeup. It just has really, really good drainage. So there's not a lot of pooling, which is nice in a climate that gets 100 plus inches of rain a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How much land are you cultivating? Um, so last year we cultivated just about like, if we're just talking like beds and paths, you know, mm-hmm. about three quarters of an acre. And this year we're going to probably do closer to an acre and a quarter. Wow, that is a big move in one year. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just the two of you. Uh, yeah, except for this year is the first year we're going to have like a full-time-ish employee, so cool. that feels really exciting. And yeah. will that person just be working to help with the CSAs or working to help with the entire operation? Um, so this year, it's going to be the entire operation. Um, we've In the past, we've only had, like, harvest help, you know, on yeah. the days, because those are usually the days where you need the most yep. amount of extra hands. Um, but this year, um, my sister actually moved up here. From Southern California oh, to be our employee, so oh, I'm how really exciting. excited! Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Is she living on the farm with you? No, so she actually moved up last summer. She worked with us a little bit, kind mm-hmm. of like as a trial last yeah. summer, um, just sort of part time, and it worked out really well. And um, her and her partner were actually able to find a house, which is also tremendously difficult. Um, oh yeah, access to housing on the coast. I'm sure we all. It know. is amazing <laughs> how much that has changed in such a short period yeah. of time. Yeah, and especially when you're, f- I mean, as a farmer, that is not a high income stream no. way of life. And so being able to afford housing is challenging. Yeah, definitely. And we are really lucky. We have an amazing um, arrangement with our landlords and friends. Um, we basically lived on the farm the first three seasons in our 32 foot long Airstream trailer. Wow. Um, and we just moved into um, a house on their property this past fall, which is like feels amazing and really exciting <laughs> <laughs> luxury some yeah. luxury yeah but definitely. that's definitely i mean i think that's how a lot of a lot of farms get started is i mean you you start small you build up to it you make a lot of sacrifices you live in some uncomfortable circumstances and you put everything you have into the soil yeah and work on building your business and yeah i think um kind of because we don't own our land um and access to land is a whole another topic that we oh, could dive yeah. into <laughs> Um, it's actually benefited us in a way that, like, we don't have a lot of overhead, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, we are only really responsible for, like, our greenhouse structures and, like, some small sheds that we use to store our tools. And, like, up until this fall, we were just living in an Airstream trailer. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, we were able to save and kind of really focus on putting a lot of stuff back into the business, um, which I think has allowed us to be, like... Um, I don't know, in a good spot going into our fourth year. Yeah. And the response has been good. Well, clearly, if your CSA has grown from 30 to 60, it's <laughs> yeah, the response talk is about, good. Talk about your CSA and talk yeah. about running a CSA and talk about 
what you've been doing in past well, years and, and where you're moving to and with it. And just to back up, because I feel like I always need to say this, <laughs> CSA, what does that oh, mean? Oh, yeah, thank you. Because people, well, people always ask good. me that. Well, I was like, I mean, we all throw around acronyms so much. Yeah. And I feel like when you're talking to people who understand what you're talking about, that's great, but not everyone knows that CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. Yeah, there we go. And, and what is that um, from where, where you guys come from? Um, so for us, it's... Um, you know, based on a long history of farmers before us, um, basically like forming a relationship with people in our community who buy into the farm essentially in the beginning of the season as members, we call them. Um, they pay for their share up front, and then with that, they accept a little bit of the risk that's involved in farming, which, you know, primarily is like Mother Nature and crop loss and that kind of stuff. Um, and then simultaneously, they benefit from like any kind of surplus we have. And it's our CSA is 22 weeks, so it's uh, basically we do two two different sizes, like a standard share and a full share, um, for like a family of four versus like a family of two, depending on if like you're a vegetarian or not. Um, and yeah, it's just like a weekly seasonal vegetable box that we deliver from drop sites from Tillamook to Seaside. Um, which wow. is that's a yeah. big that's a that's big, a big endeavor range. just yeah. that <laughs> initially we just did it our first year Rockaway to Seaside and then um, when the food route store opened up in downtown Tillamook which is really awesome uh, we started selling vegetables to them and they offered to be a pickup site for us and we kind of wanted to like expand the CSA market so now we go down there this year we're trying yeah. something a little different so our base is in like Nahala Manzanita Wheeler um, and we're going to do sort of like a market style pickup because we want to have more face to face engagement mm -hmm. with our CSA customers. So before it was just like we pack totes, drop them off, you know, maybe only ever have email communication with CSA members besides like the newsletter. Right. Um, and so we're hoping this will be a way to sort of like get in touch with our customers a little bit better, understand their experience with the CSA how we could do things differently to make it a better experience and also just like having that connection with. So explain what a mar I've seen other farms do this, the market style pickup. So it's like you basically sort of set up a market and they and people come and pick up their share by like you yeah. get this many of this and this many of this and this many of this. Yeah. So it wouldn't be necessarily like our setup at uh, the Manzanita Farmers Market. It would just be kind of like a simple we're taking everything in bulk to a central location. And then, yeah, you're coming and you're basically packing your own box. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's I didn't a great really idea. understand. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I've seen, other, I've seen farms do this, and it's a really cool idea yeah. because you do get more engagement with the customer and... And the customer's engaging with the food in a different mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. It's and not just a box. That yeah. They're like, oh, what's in here? Yeah. What am I going to do with yeah. this? And do you allow people to, like, if they really don't like something, they can skip that? Well, see, that's the other reason we want to experiment with it because in the past we've heard of other farms doing these things called, like, swap boxes at different drop sites. So it'll be, like, an empty box, and if somebody doesn't want their kale, they put the kale in it. And then the next person comes... They don't want their beets, Fennel. but they want that kale. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So they just leave something or they can take something out of the swap oh, that's box. That's a cool basically. idea. So it makes it like a little bit more flexible. But because our delivery is so spread out and we don't come and pick up the empty boxes until the following week when we deliver, like it, we couldn't just leave box a box of miscellaneous produce. It would just sit there and rot potentially. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another thing that we're going to try to experiment with is like having a little bit more flexibility. Um, with the CSA model. Are people coming to your farm to do this? No, we experimented with on-farm pickup 
in a variety of different ways and people really seemed like they'd rather just go to like downtown at Halo, you know, than drive like <laughs> 10 minutes yeah. up Highway yeah. <laughs> Making it as convenient as possible. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. have a place in downtown. Yeah. But it's also nice, I think, for us because it's just been the two of us. Like the only time we would leave the farm sometimes in the summer was to go to the market. Uh-huh. So it's another opportunity for us also, I think, to just like be a little bit more social with our customers, which we're looking forward to. Yeah. That social engagement. It can be very isolating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Farming. It's strange, um, especially if you are a social person. Like you spend a lot of time talking mm-hmm. to your plants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, which is beautiful <laughs> and wonderful and meditative, but sometimes you just need some human contact. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. And I'm like more of an introverted person, but it definitely it can still feel isolating on the farm. It's nice to feel more in touch with the community. And especially yeah. like on a CSA level, it's like you really are having a relationship. Some some people in our CSA, you know, have been members since year one and were carryovers from the farm we worked on before that and um, so it is, yeah. it's just, it feels like a relationship that we want to build upon face to face. One of the things I, I feel like sometimes, like in my experiences farming, there's, there's so many things that I go through as a farmer that I, it's hard for me to convey to my customers sometimes. What are things that you, you wish people understood about farming? Mm. Like some of the challenges that you face or, I mean, not so much like, you know, whining about stuff. It's not, it's not complaining about it, but there's like, sometimes people, there's a disconnect I think from people who don't farm, understanding some of the challenges that you face, like what's in season, what's possible Especially for you to do and what's not. Especially in a culture where yeah. we can go yeah. to a cooperative grocery <laughs> store where there's things from all over. Yeah. The, yeah. What are the, I mean, those challenges that, that you wish people understood more? Maybe. Um, I think there's just something about the like mentality about this sort of like romantic vision about what a farm is and. I think sometimes people just think Kaylee and I are out there like frolicking among the flowers in some white dresses. Oh yeah, (laughs) and just you know like (laughs) taking naps in the sun on our lunch break and that kind of stuff. And like, I will say that farming is simultaneously the most rewarding and most stressful thing that I've ever done in my whole life. Um, And I think ultimately it's that it's just like acknowledging that it is um, a really challenging career path because. I have a tendency to be a control freak and ultimately mother nature is my boss and yeah. I can never oh. be in control of that. Oh, I love that Lily. I love that Lily. She's a hard boss. <laughs> <laughs> she can be beautiful and fair yeah, sometimes, totally. but man, she's yeah. mad at you. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's one of the, you know, most amazing lessons about being a farmer too, is like learning about letting go. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a lesson. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> there are sometimes when there's nothing you can do. That killing yeah. frost comes in, yeah. and you'd hope to harvest that thing, but it's gone. Or yeah. you have an infestation, or something happens. There's like those heat spikes that then cause all your lettuce to bolt. Yeah, And totally. you'd plan to harvest that crop, and now it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Things as, like that happen all the time. Yeah, yeah, and how to strategize around that, how to work around that, yeah. how to let go of some of that. Yeah. No, it's a great, being a farmer is just a great overall analogy for life in general is like really just learning how to roll with the punches and um, Mm -hmm. yeah, just kind of like, it's funny. I think farmers like problems because I feel like what I do most days is just problem (laughs) solve. Like that's, yeah, that's like at the top of my resume list. Problem solving. (laughs) That's that's a great skill set right there. Yeah. Sometimes I, mean, I don't feel that good at it, but <laughs> Yeah. Well there's so many other things involved in farming than just like growing a crop. We were talking yeah. about that earlier mm-hmm. that there's like, you know, you have to be a business person and a mechanic and a plumber and all of these things that you don't think about when you go into it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. Just like getting into farming, you're kind of focusing on the growing aspects and like those types of skill sets. But then you're like, we built our first massive hoop house this past year and neither Kaylee nor I have a tremendous amount of building skills behind us. And that was a really fun adventure. (laughs) 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 But we made it through. And yeah, just like learning things about irrigation because every piece of property is different and requires really specific pieces. And so like, yeah, I do feel like a plumber and a baby carpenter and um, a business person, first and foremost, kind of like even before a farmer. Like if you... If you can't run a business, it's really hard to be a farmer because that's basically what a farm is. It's a small business. Mm-hmm. It's easy to forget that sometimes <laughs> and you get caught up in all of it. And what you said, like the romance of it. But well, that's what pulls you in. It's like, yeah. and that's Mother Nature's It is, yeah. exactly. But it's a challenging thing, too, as small farmers. You know, a lot of times, you know, we talk about how much we struggle with pricing, mm-hmm. you know, how, to, how much to charge for mm-hmm. things, you know, how do you pay yourself yeah. a fair wage and yet also keep your prices in a spectrum that people are willing to pay when your costs are often so much higher than, like, a large industrial farms might be. I think we were talking earlier about... Um, gatherings that happen on the coast with farmers and that seems like such an important thing to be able to talk with other farmers about yeah we're really lucky i feel like on the coast to have like a pretty tight-knit community i mean there's not a lot of us but we do gather once a year kind of halfway in between astoria and south county of tillamook and just kind of get together and it's an opportunity to share knowledge and group therapy yeah share feelings <laughs> totally is <laughs> but it's great and then there yeah. is a lot of commiseration and sharing experiences recommending tools and varieties and how do you do this and yeah. oh i never i didn't know you could do that that's a cool thing and we all learn from each other mm-hmm. and we started attending before we had started our farm, and that was tremendously helpful also, just, like, the wealth of knowledge from yeah. people on the coast. Yeah. I remember, I think you guys asked, like, what if you if you could start over again, what would you do? <laughs> that, yes, and we yes. were all like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Two yeah. hours later. Yeah. <laughs> I can go back and talk to myself, you know. Yeah. But that's, like, what a great opportunity to be able to pull from that knowledge and experience. Well, and have got. enough knowledge of your own from doing the various mm-hmm. woofing and working on people's properties or other farms to be able to even know to ask that question yeah definitely i, d- I just am suddenly looked around and looked at yeah, the clock I, and realized where we are <laughs> just running that a, too. a little bit out of time but um i wanted to make sure that people knew how to find you like how do they get in touch with you um website email whatever if they're interested in your csa they want to know more about what you do yeah so our csa signups are just about to start we have drop sites from Tillamook all the way to Seaside, um, you can go to our website, www.moonriverfarmers.com, and you can get all of our information there. You can also follow us on Instagram at Moon River Farmers, um, and we have a Facebook page as well. Cool. I would definitely urge you, if you live in that region, to check them out. Their stuff is so beautiful. And if, if you want to just kind of see what they do, Manzanita Farmers Market, when it starts in June... Definitely go see their produce stand. It's Friday Friday afternoons, Friday afternoons from five to eight. Yeah, and that's the thing. CSA is not for everybody and you know, if you're a farmer's market customer, that is awesome too. Yeah. It's nice to have that variety of income streams because I mean CSA is like you get all your funding up front, which is great. Yeah. And then you pay people back in veg, but then you still need income stream throughout the rest of the year. So on your website is there some sort of a, a market share? 
thing that yeah. was on there too? We so we I had offer, never seen that before. Basically, if you it's like a farmers market gift card or credit. Okay. So you you pay up front, you get a little bit of an extra bonus, and then you can use that. Um, market bucks at the Manzanita Farmers what Market. What a great gift for somebody mm-hmm. or uh, budgeting your household yeah. uh, mm-hmm. veggie money and going ahead and Absolutely. pre-investing in a couple of those I cards. Definitely. Yeah, well, I'm so excited. I hope this is a good year for you guys. Thanks. Thank you, you so much, Lily, for coming up here. Oh, it was a pleasure. Yeah, uh, a pleasure to meet I you. I know, and so inspiring. I just, I, I wish that I had your knees and your back <laughs> still. <laughs> you know? it's, but it's so fun to see what you guys are doing each year. Just beautiful, beautiful veg and such nice people, too. So definitely check them out. And uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know. And thanks to all of you listening for joining us on In Season. Thank you, Jillian, for engineering. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Have a nice rainy day. Oh, yeah.